I can't believe this is episode 21. Uh, I can't believe that is 21 episodes. And uh, this is the first time that we're going to do video too. So I'm super excited because we are going to format. So video, if you want to see us and <laughs> listen to the podcast at the same time, or as always, you can just choose your favorite place to listen to podcasts. Uh, we will be there too. Uh, I'm excited about today. Uh, I have a new friend and she's going to tell us about her story. So uh, Blanca, why don't we start first telling people who you are? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you already said I'm Blanca. Um, <laughs> yes. And I, I think I like to introduce myself first as a person that cares about empowering other people and advocating for people. I am the proud daughter of immigrant parents, a first generation graduate from high school and college. And then I also happen to be a product designer in the health tech space at Color, working on genetic testing. Um, so a lot of the work I do right now is around taking like complex genetic information and transforming it into something that's understandable to the people who need to use it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty exciting job. Like, I feel like if you give me any of that data is like, what is happening here? I imagine that's how we feel, but, uh, we met through a Slack. Uh, that's usually how I find my guests. I really like to bring people that, are excited about sharing their story. So that's why we chose today you to share your story. Uh, maybe what about if we do like a fun fact about you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I love this question. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I for guess me, one... I feel like always people is like, I never know what to say, I feel. But then there's the other side that is like, oh, I'm so ready for this question. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do for fun is Latin social dance. Oh, so specifically yeah. bachata. Nice. Yes. Yes. Um, and I used to actually teach and choreograph for a dance team in school and joined a few dance companies afterwards. So that's yeah, it's definitely... serious. So <laughs> and I think this is a good intro to our next question. So why you didn't end up dancing bachata and got into UX design? Like what was the change? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I've never been a professional dancer in any way. You know, I have respect for professional dancers, of course, but um, yeah, I think you. if you ask most UXers, they'll, they'll have a similar story. That's something around how they've always been a UX designer without realizing it. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the same for me. I jumped from different jobs. I worked as an educator in the nonprofit space. Um, I worked at a chocolate factory in HR. I love that part when you, I think when we met and you were telling me this, is like, that's my dream job, <laughs> working in a chocolate factory. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I also worked on a web team as front end developer, QA and release manager. So a variety of different things that are not related. Um, 
but basically you know I have a very creative mind like I actually love painting and drawing um but I also love problem solving and those are the things that really excite me about the type of work that I do but for me uh for the longest time I think it was hard for me to kind of balance that with my personal value about wanting to do work that really empowers people where I'm advocating for people. Um, so most of the times I found myself having to sacrifice either my value to do work that excites me or what excites me to do what is important to me. Um, and, you know, like at, straight out of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And the reason that I ended up at a chocolate factory and HR is because, yeah, yeah, is because um, I applied to every job that had the word people in the title, like people operations, because mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know what any of the job titles meant. Um, so I, I assumed that because it had the word people in the name, that it would be a people centric role. And, and, you know, that that is why I pursued that. Um, but when I came to this chocolate factory specifically and HR role where I was like, great, this is, I think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to advocate for equity and inclusion in the workplace. Um, we, the pandemic hit, uh, there was several rounds of layoffs and I was nervous because I just came into the company, um, and the CEO set up a meeting with me <laughs> and was like, okay, Blanca, you know, we're not gonna be hiring for a while. Uh, we don't really need a recruiter right now. And I was preparing to get laid off. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like you have your this back, like your box ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have my box ready to go. Um, and he said, um, you know, I, I see that in college, you took some like intro coding classes. Do you mind transitioning to the web team temporarily and, you know, building up our online website to which for financial security? I said, yes, <laughs> you know, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, okay, yes, yes, I'll do it. Um, and that is really where I built up some front end skills like HTML, CSS, all of that. Um, and I saw that, you know, I was doing things that kind of tapped on that problem solving skill that I really enjoy using, but it wasn't as people centric as my HR role. So I was like, I wish I could do both jobs at once with something that combines all of that. Um, and in kind of learning more about front end development. And I relied on a lot of YouTube videos to do that. But in that's where I heard about the term UX for the first time. And, you know, I think like as it is for other people, it was like an aha moment of like, wow, this, yes. <laughs> this is everything I've wanted to yeah. do. Um, yeah, and so that that is when I went on to consume all my media was just everything UX related. It's podcasts like yours, uh, YouTube videos. Um, now thinking back, I think I saw one of your YouTube videos <laughs> around 
imposter syndrome that yeah. you know oh, really yeah. really so helpful um and and so that's I started to teach myself a little bit about that and then applied to a fellowship role that turned into a full-time role now well I feel like uh, I love this kind of stories because I mean yes I feel like we the pandemic, uh, I think all of us went through so many changes, but at the same time, these changes allow us to see what really is important for us and what um, that we cannot keep compromising our values and what we really want for life. Um, so I think definitely one of the things that I'm more grateful for, uh, it happened to me, I got laid off and that was the chance for me to say, okay, that's it. I cannot continue in a place that is not taking me anywhere, is not bringing mm -hmm. me joy. Um, otherwise, I feel like I will have a stay there if they have gave me the job that I applied for. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the biggest things that I am thankful for is the day that they say we are doing a restructure and you cannot stay here anymore. So for me, of course, that day, I I don't know if I was sad. I think I was, ah, it's that's kind of feeling that is like relief, sadness, and like, how can you do this to me? But today when I see people from the past, uh, they're still in the same place and I'm somewhere else and I'm doing something that I'm so happy to do and doing these things like I mean I, I didn't have a podcast before I didn't have the chance to meet amazing people and share stories so for me it's like this is amazing this is so cool so um but I think the other thing that I really like about your story is how your boss kind of give you the chance and open up a window that you didn't really know that existed there and mm -hmm. so beyond uh what we have in front of us so i think that's so nice and maybe that's least link us to the next question is how because you went into start from development I, i'm taking a course <laughs> and i'm kind of lost at this time but it's okay i will make it i will make it through and i will see the light but uh, how was that uh process into you coming from HR now the pandemic is hitting like you were saying like I need a job so I need to stay uh I don't know what I'm doing but YouTube is helping me now um like I love design and I imagine at one point you said okay now I need like a real UX job yeah so can you tell us like how was that transition yeah for sure um so I think I was very fortunate, you know, that I had the opportunity, like you mentioned, to change into this new role that even though at the time I was very upset about, um, you know, really introduced me to the world of UX. Um, and I think like what I did was that I started to, because I started out looking at YouTube videos about you know, front end and HTML, and then slowly those videos turned into web design, and then slowly those videos were just UX design overall. Um, and even though that wasn't necessarily the type of work that I was doing at the time, 
I decided to bring it into the team and kind of, I didn't introduce it as UX design. I was like, hey, what if we do some research on our customers to see how they use our website and see what we can redesign from there. Um, so I took a lot of the methods that I learned from those videos to do an informal design sprint. And because of the way that I presented it and talked about why it was important and how it might help us make more sales, more chocolate sales online, I, I think that's why my team was very open and receptive. Um, so yeah, that, that was really how I kind of got to experiment a little bit more with that. Um, I, you know, I didn't know how to write research plans. I didn't know how to necessarily use the design process from end to end, but I, you know, signed up for users testing. So I took, uh, those, you know, I partook as a research participant in sessions to learn how people, other people were writing design questions or how they were phrasing and setting up the environment to kind of take that and make it my own. Um, yeah, so that that is how I was able to do that. Um, and I, I don't think, cause I, I wouldn't say there was like, oh yeah, I read this one specific book or I heard this one specific podcast that taught me everything I know now. Um, you were something changed your life. <laughs> yeah, it changed my life. Yeah, I got a job right after I heard the last episode. Um, but I think it was more of like gradually, the more I kept learning, the more progress I was making and what I knew about UX and what I knew about the design process. Um, but I couldn't tell at the time, like I kept thinking I was in the same space and felt lost for a bit about what I was learning. Um, but it, it's just kind of gradually over time as I continued to learn and ask more questions that I slowly started to build up my skill set and also take in my HR skills and that I did from interviewing and recruiting into this new role. Oh, yeah, that's that's so cool. And I feel like um, just really being open about like yeah I don't know anything what is happening but at the same time it's like okay that's okay I just need to keep uh working on the skill and I mean that's like training and it's like anything that you learn you know if you want to get good at it you just have to put the hours and educate yourself mm -hmm. and look at here ask questions like I think that's how naturally things happen so I feel like uh and it's super cool, like you were saying, okay, I, I look at what is UX research. Let me tell people that we're going to sell more chocolates, so we need to do this. And I feel like that's what we do at work all the time. Uh, like, mm -hmm. so how we present uh, an option or a solution in and trying to convince people that this is not just good for business, but is the best solution for, for users or clients at the end. Um, okay, so now you, you're feeling, you're in that point of your life that you're feeling a little more, uh, more like a UX designer, because I feel like that's a big transition when you, when we start saying like, oh, I'm a UX designer and this is what I do for a living. It takes a while for us to convince ourselves. Um, but what do you think that, um, 
Okay, before maybe even I continue, at the beginning you were saying that you are working in this fascinating world of <laughs> data and you convert this data to make it uh, accessible for us mortals in the world, yes? Uh, <laughs> so maybe you can tell us a little bit, uh, how did you find this job? And uh, yeah, maybe at your day to day. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think kind of tying it to how I mentioned I was consuming everything UX and learning about it. I heard about color through one of the communities that I joined. So, you know, like Tequeria was a community I joined to learn more of, from other UX professionals. Uh, Design Buddies is another big one. Um, so in, in one of those channels is where I saw that they had posted a position for a fellowship, like a three month fellowship at this healthcare company. Um, and so I, I, I applied after that. I had never heard about it, but you know, I think I was also at the point where when you first start, it's like, I'll, I'll just take any position. Like I would work at McDonald's if they hired me as a UX designer, like, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily picky or looking for a specific industry to join at the time. I was just looking for any opportunity. Um, and for me, it was the perfect opportunity because I didn't necessarily do a UX boot camp. Like at the time, I was like, I can't afford this. Um, but I, so I, I was looking for a more structured opportunity that still allowed, allowed me to be in an entry level and ask a lot of questions. Um, so I applied to the Color Fellowship. Uh, made it through the entire interview process. Um, of course, I was also applying to like a hundred of other jobs and kept getting rejected over and over again. Um, and then went through this fellowship, rotated to different teams. Like there's a team working on vaccination for COVID-19, a team that worked on building out the design system and rebranding. Um, and so I absolutely fell in love with the team. I fell in love with what I was learning. It really gave me confidence that this is what I wanted to pursue long run. Um, and then decided to apply for a full-time role at Color now. Um, so what I do now on the genetics team is I help, um, well, I'll back off and say, back up and say that um, we partnered with the uh, NIH to do a research program where we're trying to collect uh, 1 million, you know, genetic information from uh, of 1 million Americans. And the purpose for that is that we really want to diversify like what genetic information we have to advance medicine and medical practices to be more inclusive of a more diverse and better representative population of who's in the United States. Um, so not only do I help with that, but I'm helping patients from that transfer over to get a clinical confirmation report is what we call it. Um, 
to kind of be able to take the information that they get from this research project and take it back to their health providers or actually act upon it if they find something like, you know, a positive BRCA gene, so some detection of cancer or anything like that. So we want to be able to make sure that they're able to take action on that. Um, so that that's the overall thing that I'm working on and I'm working specifically on that clinical report that patients see and kind of laying out how that information gets shown to them, listing out what they can do with that information. Um, and I guess my day-to-day -day for that big project right now is really, a, a lot of it is around collaboration with different people. Uh, you know, I work with genetic counselors and so I check in with them and they to see what information they need to be added into this report. I have a daily meeting with engineers to kind of get a sense of what is on their plate and what is feasible to recreate or redesign. Um, I also get to work with user researchers and content designers or UX writers who we collaborate on kind of designing this big project together. Um, yeah, so a lot of my day looks like that. It's a lot of collaboration going back and forth. And then a smaller portion of my day is me actually designing on Figma and moving around buttons and uh, what you kind of call like pixel pushing. Um, yeah, but that's, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I love it. And I feel like um, that's such an important job, what you were saying, because um, I'm imagining that I'm receiving my results and it could be so such a sensitive topic. So I feel like having um, understanding what what can I do and and how can I take the next step is, I mean, really important. So pretty cool. <laughs> um, Something that I would like to know is like, OK, so you were saying I, I imagine how amazing you felt after you made it all the step way to the fellowship. Yeah, like I don't know how many mm -hmm. interviews and the interview process how was it, but just make it there. Uh, and how did it feel? How did it feel for you to be the first day of the fellowship as a as a new UX designer? Uh, and that goes a little bit along of the obstacles that you you went through and um yeah just tell us about a little of that story yeah 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 um i think well of course it was a very exciting unreal experience for me to officially get a ux role i was like wow like i get to call myself a ux designer now um and, but a part of it was also feeling a little bit nervous of like um what is identified as imposter syndrome of like oh are they going to find out that i don't know anything and they made a mistake in hiring me um so it was it was a balance of both um and i guess relating to that obstacle that you mentioned i think a uh, part of it is kind of tied to imposter syndrome where I I feel like what kept blocking me from moving forward was not feeling like I knew enough. Um, 
you know, especially because I was self-learning, like there was no specific milestone for me to understand how much progress I made. Um, so I, I think at the beginning, I stopped myself from applying to jobs because I was like, oh, well, I don't know enough. I still don't know how to use Photoshop or I don't know how to use Illustrator yet. So I can't apply to, to these jobs. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of first time UX designers, especially as you're transitioning, might feel that way because there's always new things to learn and new trends are coming up. And you know, you're learning about how to hand off deliverables to engineers and then, oh, do I have to know how to use all creative suites? Oh, do I have to actually know how to code? Because this job description is asking for a designer that can code. Um, so in, in that way, I think I kind of felt overwhelmed by all of that and stopped myself from doing things because I, I felt like I didn't know enough. I didn't feel like I could contribute yet or even starting at this new job. I was like, well, I'm the most junior person here, so I can't speak up yet because I don't know enough. But had I let myself stay in that mentality, I would have not applied to this fellowship because definitely at that point, I still didn't feel confident about my skills. Um, and I would have not be where I am today if I just waited till I felt like I had enough knowledge or yeah, and I feel like, and I wanna like, do you imagine, did you imagine yourself like two years ago, like where you are today for me, I think that's usually like how it's like, I would never, never imagine this for me, even though I, I knew that I wanted to change and I, I wanted something different I, and I wanted something that empowered people, but I never imagined this. Uh, so for me, it's always so surreal. Uh, every time that I go back, even though I've been doing the job for a while, it's like, oh, it's amazing how one year, two years can make so much difference in, in your life. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. Um, and Julia, what are you talking about? Of course, I knew that I'd be here in two years. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, of course not. I think uh, two years ago, I, I still didn't know what that UX existed um, two years ago. I didn't know that I would be changing from HR into a more technical or coding role. Um, yes, I think I, I think it's very unreal to be where I'm at now. Like, especially because I mentioned I'm like first generation college graduate in my family. I I wasn't necessarily thinking about like this is the specific career I want to take. I know what I want to do with my life that in five years, I'll be at this point in my career. Yeah, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And so navigating the professional world overall was uh, kind of alien. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like, um, I don't know. I think that, I don't know when did you just say, you know, whatever, I'm just just going to jump into a job and if they figure out that, figure out that I'm, I'm not real, that's okay. And I think then when we let it go, it's like, okay, we're not too bad at this. I mean, yeah. people believe me <laughs> what I'm talking about. So um, I think it's just that mental game in when you start like, you know, it's okay. 
it's okay if I don't know, it's okay if I have to ask questions, it's okay if I go to have an, like look Google for an answer, it's totally okay. Like everybody does it. Like that's that's the thing is no one knows everything by heart. Like who, well, mm-hmm. there is some people. But uh, but yeah, I feel like in that point when you said like just let it go and just trust yourself and that you can do it. Um, yeah, that's a big part of of this. Uh, so to finish up, because uh, we want people to take um, things that they can use in their daily life. <laughs> so if you have any tips for other designers in uh, how to come into the field, um, any tips? tools that they can take today with them yeah for sure um yeah i'll start off with the first one that helped me overcome that obstacle that i mentioned earlier about not feeling like i learned enough or not understanding where i was in my ux learning process is building a community of other like-minded people or other people that are also transitioning into the UX field. Um, I, I really think that's what helped me the most and acknowledging my own progress and you know, validating how much I've learned and what I have to bring to the table. Um, and so, and like I mentioned, that's where I found my role now and that's where I find amazing friends like yourself. Um, so yes, yes, definitely important to build a community. Don't do this on your own, you know, find your, there are mentors out there and the UX community overall is build a very kind and generous people. So don't be afraid to reach out to them. Um, I guess the other tip, I guess two, two other tips, one more like career oriented and one more personal one. Um, Career-wise, I think when I first started to look for jobs, I tried to hide my previous background in HR or, you know, because I didn't think it was relevant to what I was bringing into this new UX design role. Um, But actually, I think you should always highlight your skills, especially if you're someone that's transitioning from another career that's actually an advantage that you bring to the table and a unique perspective that you have to bring. So don't shy away from them. Um, and I say that because like I mentioned about, there's all these new link things to learn for UX and you always feel like you gotta learn a new tool or something. Um, a big part of being a UX designer, UX writer, anything within this field is being able to communicate and work with people. You know, like a- anyone can learn how to use Figma. Anyone can learn how to use these Adobe Creative Suites tools, but not everyone knows how to communicate or how to present their ideas or explain what they're working on. And those are some soft skills that are usually underestimated that you develop in other professions. Um, so definitely that's why I mentioned don't hide that valuable experience you bring to the table and don't undermine those soft skills that are a big part of this new career and what will actually make you successful more than knowing all the tools. Um, And then the last, last one, last professional or personal tip that I have for people is 
has to do with, um, you know, comparison. Comparison is the thief of happiness. Is to definitely, you know, don't compare yourself to others, and especially if you're creating this community of other people that transitioning to UX. Everyone's on a different journey. Some people are going to get UX jobs before you do. You might get a job before other folks do, and there isn't a linear path. Like you have not failed because you didn't get a job in three months, like that YouTube video, you know, that UX design influencer said that you would. So there's, it's not a linear path, and everyone has their own journey. Um, so definitely don't compare yourself to others or feel like you failed because you didn't reach a specific milestone or learned how to use all these tools by a specific amount of time. Yeah, I love it. And I feel like um, this is a big one because, again, like you were saying, we all are in our own journeys in a way. Um, so maybe I'm not getting the job today, but I'm getting the job in the future that I really that is really for me. And I think that's the big part is like whatever job that you land is going to be the job that you need at that time. Um, so I love this and definitely community. Community for me has been the biggest strength about uh, UX and tech uh, is being really different from uh, community used to be before for me in retail. Mm -hmm. And definitely not hiding that previous experience as when we change at least for us when we're changing careers that's our strength no one else have whatever skills that we bring into the table so for me it's like why i don't lead with this this is this is what i'm so good at it uh and it's again so related to ux and and i feel a lot of people we are still trying to uh, work that is storytelling into how we use these skills into UX. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing. And for me, I always say practice. More people that you talk about you and how you use those skills and how you can transfer them to UX, you're going to get better at that. So practice as much as you can. Again, the community is there for you. If you need to go and talk to about yourself, it's free. <laughs> so take advantage of whatever that is free. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for meeting me today. We've been planning this for a while. Uh, yeah, thank you, Barca. Of course, no, thank you for having me and for the amazing work you do with this podcast. Yeah.